Oh, shit. <laughs> and we're alive. Don't. Don't. There we go. I forgot. I'm already using that one too, so. Oh, there's a bunch of them I could use too that I we I learned a bunch of about a bunch of live songs I forgot about when we did the live stream. What resource did you use for that? I do. Yeah, yeah. Go YouTube searching. Okay. The yeah, it's a cool resource for learning. Resource for learning about bands songs you know about. Oh, oh gosh, gosh, how many, uh, it seems like Live would be one of those bands that would really attract, um, like, like, original anime music videos. You'd think so, but not, no. It's just live, like, live performances and lowercase live performances, and that's it. So, and official vids from Vivo Live. Ugh, Vivo. Vivo. Can you do me a favor and turn my, my audio down on your side? I'm getting a little bit of echo. Yeah, because I just turned it up for Live. Yeah, we got to turn it up for live. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we are, we are, we are live. We're online right now. No viewers just yet. That's fine. Yeah. So time for people to trickle in then. Yeah. Um, for for posterity, for the recorded version of this, I'm sorry that this was late. I was doing finals week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people have been very understanding about that. Just one of those yeah. one of those things. It'd be nice if we could find a more regular way to do it. But there's a uh, there's life considerations and stuff. It's hard to do a monthly regular thing. Yeah. Like it's hard to know just like, oh, the last, you know, blank of the month. Like that's always this because every month is so different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just hanging down at the quad. Um, hanging out. Tossing around the old pig skin. <laughs> spinning my mortar board. They, they let footballs into Portland? Shitting on a Letterman jacket, yeah, man. The um, go Vicks. It's it's Vikes, but I always look Vic. Thought you were Ducks. No, that's um. Well, that's the college football for Eugene. Okay. For Oregon State, for Portland State, it's the Vikings. Okay. So, and I'm mm-hmm. very invested in their thing. What it does mean is that all of the college paraphernalia is all like Viking helmets. So there's like you see Viking helmets all the time. Like on game days, you you'll walk past like twenty or thirty people wearing various Viking helmets. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's in terms of in, in in terms of what's there, all pretty much all Ohio State, um, not the Ohio State, but uh, all Ohio sports teams have incredibly terrible mascots. Mm. Like my school was the Bearcat, which I think oh. just to be the most obscure um, animal, and to sound like a real fucking hillbilly. Bearcat? Yeah, you got a Bearcat scanner. <laughs> look, at, look at this horrifying mascot we got. How do we drop things in chat in this? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I think you have to do it in Upper the like, like from Google, maybe. I just, I'm just going to put it in the group chat. Okay. So it's, if in the upper left, I hit the chat button. Look at, look at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like they kidnapped the, uh, the, guy, the, the fighting Irish guy from yeah. Notre Dame. <laughs> Yeah, and he's he's been stranded on an island for years. Yeah, well, no, also, like, all this pose, like I've got something to say. Yeah, well, no, the Vikings came and raided his monastery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like you could just get a bearded guy, and it would probably be like 
way less terrifying than I look less like a garbage pail kid. <laughs> well, you know what he looks like? He looks like uh, he looks like a Bioshock NPC. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he's got that kind of like clay face. Uh huh. To him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and is he holding a shield? Is that some kind of furry shield? Yeah, it's just yeah, just a shield. He doesn't get a weapon. He just gets a shield. Okay. Well, <laughs> he's doing that that Symphony of the Night run. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Well, it's funny. What's funny about the Bearcat? It's like th- there's no connection to this region whatsoever. It's not like the Kentucky Hills Bearcats, you know, crossing the Ohio River Valley. It's like a Southeast Asian sloth kind of thing. I wonder the, why do uh, why do hillbillies call like a, a you know the uh, a police scanner a Bearcat scanner though? Really? I've never. Yeah. Is, uh, I know bears like 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 bear is a trucker term for for for, for police. Like oh, I've got some bears. That's oh. that's probably what it is. That's probably where it started from. Yeah. I'm not sure about cats though. That's kind of weird. Like cats, like criminal, like cat burglar, maybe. Yeah. Huh. The Bearcat scanner definitely autocompletes. I didn't just make this up. Okay. Um, and you can buy from Amazon a Uniden Bearcat scanner. <laughs> It's called a Bearcat scanner, man. It's right there in the name. It's a police huh. scanner. Yeah, I had never never heard of any of those. I, I was embarrassed for a second because I, I learned about it because there's a Paul Tompkins character that's like a low-rent vigilante from Florida <laughs> um, who uses the Bearcat scanner. I was like, oh, is that just him being funny and I'm making an ass out of myself? But no, like it's actually a thing. Huh. Neat. Bearcatcanner.com. Scanner.com. <laughs> a Bearcat scanner darkly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bearcat scanners from, uh, you know, uh, director who makes everybody explode. What? Um, the director who did Existence and um, scanners. Oh, I I forget I forget who. Pretending or, um, Cronenberg. Okay. Oh, Bearcat yeah. scanners from from Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Yeah. That's a, that was the joke I was trying to make. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'm a bit embarrassed. I forgot Cronenberg uh, directed scanners. Oh yeah, no. scanners fly, existence. Yeah, videodrome. Videodrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've uh, we've got some questions, a handful of them. Let's do some. Let's do some questions. Even if this ends up being for posterity, let's get back on the horse. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got four viewers right now though. Hi everybody. Hey guys. Yeah, you're watching Duckbeat Live. Thank you so much. Let's uh, jump to one right here. This is uh, Mike Verano with a uh, with a. Oh, can you turn me down a little bit? I'm still getting some feedback. Sorry about that. Yeah. I turn you down too much. I can't hear you. Let me see if I can just position my mic a little bit differently. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's go ahead and talk. Okay. In RPGs, do you prefer PCs whose personality is driven entirely by the player? as in Fallout, or PCs that you direct and have key aspects of their personality constants, i.e. leave from Walking Dead. I love both, but tend to pref- uh, but tend to find the latter more narratively engaging. Yeah, this is, he's asking about WRPGs versus JRPGs, essentially. Yep. Like, not entirely. Like, there are um, WRPGs where you play, like, a specific character, like, like your Witchers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, for the most part, he's asking that. And I like... Um, when I was young, I, you know, I just played tons of JRPGs and I, I really liked that. What are you doing? Pop filter. Um, and then as I got older, I liked WR, WRPGs better because having a customizable character, I think lends itself to a more complex and better system usually. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not so much I like being able to make, I usually don't role play these games. Like sometimes I will, and I'll do it with just like a vague idea of like, I'm a good guy, I'm a shithead. Um, but I like the kind of choices and stuff that usually come along with that. It's very rare that you have a blank slate character that you have a lot of control over their mechanical growth too. Can you think of any examples? I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess The Witcher, but like it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, I mean, or like not a non-blank slate character, I guess. I mean, like a yeah, like like Latter-day Bioware. I think, I think does that a lot. Well, um, in Bioware games, you can you can make your own guy. Like you, you yeah. it is a blank slate. I'm thinking. I'm what I mean actually is a non-blank like a Cecil, like a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, like a protagonist, where you get a lot of control over their growth, but That's they're a, a defined character. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't, especially not in, in, in an RPG. Like, eventually it becomes irrelevant. Like, Final Fantasy twelve, kind of? Like, where you can make them into whatever they want. Like, they have a starting point, but you draw them in one direction or the other, or they have affinities. Final Fantasy ten to a certain extent as well. Yeah, even though that's, like, more strongly suggests, like, that has, like, a stronger affinity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, for, 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 for my answer, like, in terms of what I prefer... I think they, I like the non-prescriptive um, main character kind of thing, just because if your main character has a personality and the creator has decided, hey, here's this, it's a story about them, as opposed to things like Fallout, where it becomes a story about either the people that are around you or the world. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, more interested in, like, in, in world and mood than actual, like, oh, taking ownership over what this person is. Yeah, like even, even something like... Um you know, like a a game that gets criticized for its choice stuff, like like your Biowares, where like people say like, oh, it's actually just kind of a binary choice and it doesn't end up mattering in the end. I would still rather make it than not. Mm-hmm. You know, like my my interest and in, and in kind of patience on being taken on kind of a roller coaster ride, um, when it comes to like a RPG has been lessened lessened. And that's one of like the aspects of JRPG fatigue that like I don't think about it a lot, but it's true. Like where, it, you know, you play and I, you know, it's a great game, but you play your Final Fantasy VI or your Final Fantasy IV. Six is a bad example because six does have some nonlinearity in the back half, but you mm-hmm. play like your Final Fantasy IV and it is a role, like it is a, a hallway that you're walking down, you know, the entire game. You're not really making choices at very many points in the game other than like some boss battles that require some like kind of strategy. But for the most part, you're just kind of along for the ride. And... I would still take the illusion of choice because you, yeah, the the question asker uh, Mike mentioned uh, the Walking Dead, where like in the end, having played all the Walking Dead Telltale games, like the choices you make don't actually matter that much in those, especially the first one. I remember like the second one, there's a little bit more impact on the ending. The first one, you just have that one big choice about what you're gonna do, yeah, and it didn't have as much impact as I thought it would. Like it was still neat, but it wasn't, you know. And I would still take those minor choices that don't have a huge impact over. No choices at all, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, as long as you're in control of tone, I mean, that that's really what you're controlling in, in Walking Dead or any of those telltale kind of like latter-day Yeah. Is like, you know, how you're relating or perceiving the world. Yeah, and, th- and that choice is actually like, I mean, it, it is important. It's just not like, I guess what I mean to clarify, it's not like a plot important choice. Mm-hmm. It is a tone or just like, it is like a role-playing thing. Like, I'll role-play more in, in a Walking Dead, like a telltale adventure game then I definitely will in a JRPG and oftentimes more than I will or more intensely than I will in like a fallout because they're entirely about characters. Like mm-hmm. in fallout, like I'm always min maxing a little bit, like, you know, or, or at least thinking of rewards and thinking of the RPG aspects, but you, you know, you, you, you strip that down to just character and it's like, well, I know how this person would act. I know how I want to be thought of in this world. I have a stake in it. And it gives you that, like the ability to express that, which is really cool. 
Yeah. 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 Um, let's see here. We've got one from uh, from Brayden, who's done a really good job of filling the box with questions. Hey, Brayden. Um, I went to the Portland Gay Men's Chorus performance of ABBA and Queen last night, and it was wonderful. Do you have any favorite ABBA or Queen songs? Yes. Um, I would have went to that, too, if Elizabeth wasn't out of town for Max Funcon. Because it's like I, the, she goes to there. She has a buddy who's in the Portland Gay Men's Chorus, and like she's gone in the past, and it's always been uh, like a, a portion of the Venn diagram where like typical gay man taste and mind don't intersect. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the songs of Streisand or something like that. And I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but I love ABBA and Queen. Um, and then my my favorite ABBA song is SOS, and my favorite Queen song is Killer Queen. Yeah, Killer Queen's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but probably largely because of Guitar Hero, actually. Like that was the first. Like that was so fun on Guitar Hero Two. I think it was on. It was. It was the first one actually. First one. That's so good. In the first. It was a terrible cover in the first. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but it was still just like the. It's just a really fun song to play. Like it's just really playful and all over the place. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like lukewarm on both of these bands, actually. (laughs) Like Abba is one of those ones that I just don't have that much exposure to. Um, like direct, like, oh, I'm listening to ABBA right now. It's more like, oh, this is a song that I hear and I find out that it was that it was written by ABBA. It's kind of like Steve Miller band in that way. Mm. Where you're like, oh, they did that? Okay. Cool. Hey, Abracadabra? What? The same guy did the Joker? <laughs> exactly. thought. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's like, and my, my, my answer for that is probably going to be boring. It's going to be something like Fernando or uh, Take a Chance on Me, something like that. Take a Chance is very good. Yeah. Well, just the fact that they have that uh that that like that kind of a little bit of a like a music man kind of kind of thing going on all throughout it. The uh, ABBA is responsible for one of my all-time favorite quotes about music um, that I've ever heard. Is that uh, I don't know if this is apocryphal, but like the lead lady of ABBA um, is quoted as saying, "We don't write our music down because if we can't remember it, how can we expect anyone else to?" Hmm. Um, and I really like that, like as like a you know kind of pop first mentality. Like, I think that's a really good attitude to have as like a, for a consummate, you know, pop musician. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, also they had to learn it phonetically too. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as for Queen, um, it's going to sound weird, but Bicycle Race, actually, oh, sure. I like that a lot. Um, there's a whole bunch of like really bad Queen that I don't like. Um, yeah. You know, like basically my first real exposure to Queen was like through the Mighty Ducks movies. Okay. So like We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions, like anything that sounds like it would have been would have been played like right in front of a, like a high school basketball. Like Jock Jams? Yep. You're not into the Jock Jam Queen? Or you are into the Jock Jam Queen? What's that? You are or you're not into the Jock, jock Jam Queen? I am, I am not. Okay. The Jam Jam Queen. Like that, that wore out its welcome pretty quick. God, I like the idea of that being a person. Like, all <laughs> hail the Jock Jam Queen. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's got, like, I just picture you like, like, like a big, like, hairpiece that's nothing but like a marching band tom. Hail the Queen. I'm just picturing her standing on top of the amp car from Mad Max Fury. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah except yeah, except instead of playing like you know metal, she just plays you know uh, "Don't Stop Believing" and um, whatever other songs sportsman. Or what's that? Like I just know that from like the Cubs when the Cubs are going to win 
the championship at some point. Don't stop believing was everywhere or socks. Mm-hmm. One of the Chicago things. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I would say a bicycle race. Just, you know, yeah. because even though I have a lot of affection for the Bohemian Rhapsody scene from Wayne's world, I kind of think that song isn't very good. It's it's, I'm just sick of it. Like I really like it. I think it's a good song, but I'm just sick of hearing it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Let's see here. Another question. Let's get one from Sean Franson, who writes in asking, Kate Bishop or Clint Barton? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Hawkeyes, huh? Um, I don't I don't know as much Kate Bishop because I haven't been current with comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she is the Hawkeye in the Young Avengers. Yes. Okay. Um, and I read the first two series of Young Avengers, and I like them a lot. But I've spent a lot more time with Clint Barton. So I think I like Clint Barton more, but not because, you know, because further research is needed. Yeah. yeah. She's really good in the Marvel ne- in the Marvel now run the Matt fraction. Um, okay. One, but I'm not current on that. I've only read uh, the first volume the my life as a weapon, but they're more like, you know, partners in that as opposed to like, mm. which one is a better Hawkeye like together. They make the best Hawkeye that I've read. Yeah. But I've not read very much Hawkeye. I, I like Clint Barton just because, he, he carries more baggage about being like one of the only mundane Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And they've really leaned into that in recent years. They, they kind of go back and forth between like leaning out of and leaning into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I feel bad because I haven't read modern Hawkeye stories. Like I know that's supposed to be a really good trade. I like Matt Fraction. Um, I just haven't got around to it. So like the last actual mm-hmm. Hawkeye I read was like, when he died in Avengers disassembled, which is stupid because that's, you know, largely considered to be a really bad story. Like, I don't think it's actually that bad, but it's widely considered to be pretty shit comics. And that's the last talk I read. So. Yeah. yeah. Have a, uh, have you read, have you read in a fraction? Have you read sex criminals? No. Um, Elizabeth has the first trade of it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. I read the first, it was, it was free on comicsology. The first issue was, and it seemed really interesting. I dig the art style a lot. Yeah, it's an it's a, you know it's an interesting concept that in the wrong hands I could see being very annoying. Um, yeah. So, but I I like him as a writer. So yeah. Hmm. So the answer is by default Clint Barton, but yeah, you know Kate's pretty good. Like yeah, I like it's her. Also, also I don't know enough, so yeah. I wouldn't want that written on my tombstone. Yeah. Like, uh, let's see here. Murph Murphy writes in saying. I got a Google Cardboard the other day. It's pretty neat, but ultimately useless, mostly due to a lack of content. Then again, it was $5. Well, I'm going to find out what Google Cardboard is. I believe Google Cardboard, and correct me if I'm wrong, it is the um, thing that affixes a smartphone right in front of your face like that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, To act as kind of a... a, a miniature VR helmet, like almost like a hack version of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking it out now. Um, huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it would depend on what you were using it for, I guess. Mm-hmm. What, what was Mark's question, or was that just a comment that he got the thing? <laughs> you know, I read it without seeing it, but it was a question. I got the Google. <laughs> then again, it was $5. Maybe he was trying to get us to talk about this. I don't know enough about it. I'm sorry not to know more about it. I'm cynical about VR stuff um, yeah. in general, and like, I'm not going to buy You buy this thing? I, I believe that okay. So you buy it, or you can like there are ones that are uh, that, that are like DIY that are two dollars and fifty cents. It's literally just a cardboard apparatus through which you look at your your screen. 
And I yeah, think I'm, that I think that there is like a like an app or a program that you run that'll split eye to eye um, yeah. on the screen so that you get a little bit of a, a different view and the like the binocular distinction from that. That's what yeah, that's what it looks like. Huh. Yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't have an opinion on that. Like it doesn't seem like the kind of thing I would go out of my way to do. Um, but like, I'm just also not like, I'm not drawn to 3d the same way that like, I know a lot of people are like, it's not, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty like that people were surprised that Oculus's, um, kind of announcements were fucking nuts surprises me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it, it, well, I think it's because it's, to me, and this is, I don't know, again, I don't know enough about it, so take everything I say with a grain of salt, but, like, it seems like a pretty bad move to me. And you're right that people shouldn't have been surprised by it, but maybe it was just the fact that it seems so misguided. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not going to, like, at some point, like, if, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I haven't kept up with the updates. Like, the, the main announcement is that it is now a platform and not a accessory or per peripheral, right? Like, the idea is that, like, it is going to be a, a platform, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's the direction that they're headed. But in addition to that, like what they're saying is it's going to require a $1,500 computer to run like that. Okay. Which is a pretty bizarre move for a company owned by Facebook to make. So it's, it's a platform that you run with your other platform that you bought? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you have the headset that they're putting out like early on next year uh, that's going to be relatively costly in and of itself. Um, and that has to be driven by um, its own tech that may or may not be portable with other kinds of headsets. Okay, and that's a, it's a when you say a fifteen hundred dollar computer, you don't say that as a qualitative quality of measure, like a measurement of quality. You say that as a specific computer you have to buy that is fifteen hundred dollars. It is a measurement of quality, so okay. they're not selling an Oculus an Oculus console. They're saying like right now, if you if you parted this computer out. Um, or Bob one at MSRP. That that that's what it'll cost. And it that's has like, to be this oh. nice in order to to work with our play with our thing. Yeah, that that seems really misguided to me. That's yeah. very expensive, mm -hmm. and that, you know it's an understatement. And like also, yeah, I don't I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it doesn't it doesn't impact me. Like I'm not like I said, I'm, I'm not the right person to ask because this is not my honey pie. Yeah. So. Goofy. Very goofy. I'm just I'm I'm worried about the fact that every every company seems to have their own their own thing. Yeah. That just seems to be the recipe for disaster. It's like gonna it's gonna take so yeah before before people start designing around it because mm -hmm. like so I've used an Oculus on two separate occasions. Yep. Um and every single time, um one was doing Minecraft, um at not at the PRGE but at PAX the year prior. Mm -hmm. um, which was fine because you kind of play that at your own pace. But I was thinking, oh, as soon as like monsters come out, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one was this demo that was just exploring this villa. And that one definitely worked better, but it also, there are weird disconnects and nausea moments, like little things like, oh, my, when my head moves, the screen moves, but when my eyes move, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I can't make micro adjustments in my view. So I'm constantly moving my neck. And it just feels really weird. Like there are all these little problems with it that like would get in the way of many different kinds of games. I feel like, like uh, we did um, in my game and geography class, there was this demo, or they showed a commercial for this place that's like this Oculus VR kind of laser tag game experience where they build the actual set 
around you that's just like built out of blank walls and cardboard and stuff but then you wear the headset that projects onto it you know yeah. the textures and uh the kind of games they were showing for it were really interesting because one was like it looked like an amnesia kind of thing it's like you're walking forward in the dark with a lamp and i'm like yes mm-hmm. like if i need to be scared and dread can be expressed through this device the other one was a shooter and i was like oh like everything they're showing is just a, a very narrow hallway you know, the entire time the character only ever moves forward and the enemies don't actually move forward. They just kind of pop out like an old wild west shooting gallery because <laughs> it would have to be that because as soon as you need any kind of maneuverability, the Oculus is dead in the water. Like, yeah, you know, again, like I always say this, but like you can't I can turn my mouse a trillion times faster than I can turn my neck, mm-hmm. you know, so anything where I have to be nimble at all, like won't work for it, mm-hmm. you know, so, so like much more lethal enforcers games. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be that, which will be fine, but just not that cool to me. Like, that doesn't seem mm-hmm. like those things will work for it. And then for a long time, people are going to try to fit in the most popular genres that there are into it. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of bad shooters and a lot of... It's going to be like iOS. Like, when that platform and behaving this thing, and, like, we just have all these, like, dual-touch shooting games. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you played an FPS on, on iOS, but they don't oh, work. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like them. Like, I don't think they're very fun. Um, and they take those considerations into mind, like the game loft ones that made their ones are made specifically for it. Like you don't have to dodge around very much. Like they are very limited in what you have to do because they know that your mobility is very limited yeah. by the interface. It just sucks because like, it seems like a, like a moonshot or trying to get a bunch of like immersion and it like, Hey, we're going to put you, you know, use the technology to make you feel like you're in this world, but there's not anything they can do to address those practical concerns. And so you either have to make a game where you're stationary and thus, you know, you can't say like, Oh, this thing is like right here, but I can't reach out. I can't move closer to it. I can't, you know, I, I can see this space and see that stuff is moving in front of other stuff or whatever, but I can't actually go and engage with it in a way that I could, you know, on a flat screen, um, mm. you know, that's 10, that's 10 feet from my face, let alone the fact that you can share that experience with other people too, who are in the same room. Like it just, you just want to like, well, that, that too, like you, you'll never be able to actually, you know, share it with anybody. Like what, what was the, um, God, Oh, that was a, I was, I read a thing. That was one of the reasons why the virtual boy died. Yeah. is that it's not a shareable experience. Like you can't show it off, which has been true with the Oculus. Like nobody's ever been able to like show a video that really expresses what it's like. And two, if you're in the same room with somebody, it's not fun. Like it just kills the idea of playing in the same room with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it just, you think about the things you do in games, like, and, and how they, you know, we're going to get a lot of like Crash Bandicoot 3Ds. <laughs> like it's going to be that kind of sea change, but it's, I feel like it's going to be a much more difficult and lengthy change. Like we're not going to get the Mario 64, like the game that figures out how to do it mm-hmm. for a while. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Let's it's see a little bit. It just, you know, you, 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 you it's a mistake to think that it's a zero sum game, right? Like that's something that other people fall into when they say, Oh, there's this game that doesn't cater to my tastes. And that means that there are going to be fewer games um, that will, right? Because more people over there making them like that's, you know, patently untrue, but when yeah. it feels like an industry as a whole is especially throwing its weight behind this kind of like technical thing. It's like, it feels like a different flavor of, you know, like triple a bloat a little bit yeah you know like oh if we're if we're throwing all of these resources and making sure that every game looks and feels like this 
then yeah. there, you know there there might be well again it's it's not a zero-sum game but like it's easy to go there in your mind to where you think that this is uh, going to be a distraction yeah i don't think it's going to hurt me at all no it's just it's just a bummer that like i guess like it's just kind of a bummer how much of the conversation is going to be taken up with it mm-hmm. and it's not and when i say bummer i really just mean mild annoyance you know you can so. you can skip past it yeah exactly yeah um, um murph actually has a uh, an actual question that's in the comments do you guys have any affection for warcraft or starcraft yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're they're really good i'm i'm one of the monsters who prefers the single player in them to the to, to multiplayer yeah me, me too that's why we should do one of them for the show at some point yeah um me too i, ne- I can never do the multiplayer and the only times i've ever had fun with it were like doing co-op with a friend like doing teams. Um, so I don't, I don't like any of the multiplayer, but I played all three Warcrafts extensively and then played a lot of Starcraft one. I never got around to Starcraft two because I yeah. like wizards more than I like spaceships. Mm-hmm. Um, but Starcraft is really good. It's a really cool story and, and really fun. And Warcraft three is great. I love that game. Like that's really fun. Yeah. Starcraft two is really good. Um, I've, I haven't played the, uh, the heart of the swarm or, or whatever, but wings of Liberty um, mm. does a great job. Like the fact that they moved to the 3D, they they really took advantage of that for the single player actually being able to make uh, different kinds of maps and things and different kind of like unique challenges. Like there's one map where uh, there's like this poisonous lava that rises and falls. And so you have to move, you know, between high ground and low ground trying to, mm. you know, to accomplish this stuff. Like it, 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 the missions are far more diverse than they were in uh, StarCraft 1. That's cool. Yeah, and the st- the story is good. Like I, I like it because they have a whole bunch of these. Like there's like a little bit of a branch kind of thing in between it where you can select to like side with one technician over the other, and you get different you know um, units and stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've I've been just been waiting for it to go on sale, but like Blizzard stuff generally doesn't. Yeah, Blizzard is the Nintendo with the PC. Yeah, exactly. So I just I've just been waiting for to be able to get StarCraft Two for cheap, and then I'll, I'll probably play it. But. Yeah, I never think to do anything with Blizzard games because I never have their BattleNet open up. Like mm. it just speaks to the steam hegemony or whatever. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a mod where you can do the campaign of Warcraft three co-op that me and Derek are going to go through. Like mm. I have a sealed copy of Warcraft three that I've had for five years because I bought it when I first read about that. And then I just, you know, we haven't got around doing it cause we've been playing other games. Um, but I'm going to eventually, we're going to play through that whole campaign co-op and that's going to be really fun. Nice. Cause yeah. I remember that being real good. Yeah, Blizzard is like it's really cool. I I, I bought Warcraft three when it came out, and I really only like it still works. Like you just enter that PC, you, know, you enter that download key into mm-hmm. into BattleNet, and then it downloads and runs on any machine. Like it's really admirable how much. So does uh, Warcraft two? I think. Yep. Like I, for a long time, like the Warcraft two with all the expansions was still like a, a like a boxed product in stores, like way later than you would think. Mm-hmm. And was still active online, you know, which just kind of speaks to it. Like they're really good, and like you know, I think that like when you talk about playing them for single player, like I play it for a different reason. It's still it's like a different kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that it's grand strategy or anything like that because you're not when you play those games single player. It's always an option just to build an overwhelming force, yeah, and and take over the enemy. But that's still really fun for me, mm-hmm. even if it isn't. You know, I'm not getting you know every like the min maxi clicks per minute optimization that people want like it's still just fun to like okay i'm gonna plan my little weird little village i'm gonna watch my myself grow in power and then do some skirmishes and eventually just become this overwhelming force you know 
and uh and that's really satisfying yeah um let's see here a uh, next question uh oh this is just an update from murph starcraft 2 is half off now so i bought it which prompted my starcraft question oh cool yeah i wonder what half, half off means because i could say half off meaning in 1999 yeah i think that's probably what it that's probably what it means yeah yeah. Um, Braden asked, this one's going to be real quick. Hey guys, what you drinking? Oh, um, <laughs> I just finished, what you drinking? Uh, I just finished uh, coffee, but now I'm not drinking anything. I'm out. Yeah. I'm having a summer ale because it is a very hot day. Mm. And it is five o'clock here. Oh yeah. So, but it's now that that's done, I have some water. So yeah, I wish I had both water and ale and more oh. coffee. <laughs> but. Oh, I was wow. just picturing some kind of magical machine that dispensed all three. But. That's that's really all I need to drink, and then like I like a, a whiskey, you know, bladder in the back <laughs> that I can caprice on every <laughs> once in a while. Drink it like Canadian milk. Yep. <laughs> you don't get a bag of milk, eh? No. <laughs> we had bags of milk when I was a kid um, in uh, school. Actually, we didn't have cartons. They came yeah. in like actual. They look. It was like a postcard size bladder that you had to pop it into which imagine giving a bunch of second graders um access to easily projectile milk yeah yeah, yeah I, I i knew that was a canadian thing but i've never actually seen it i'm looking at it now my yeah. sacks milk oh <laughs> my god if you search a bag of milk there's an image that's of a carton of milk fucking a bag of milk with a big human <laughs> dick coming out of it and it's really unnerving oh. <laughs> i wasn't expecting that what kind of what kind of like what are your safe search said oh shit there we go yeah, yeah i don't know some rule 34 on dairy yeah i'll put that, <laughs> that in the chat for anybody who's who's interested <laughs> um well, at least yeah. they look like they're both having fun no they're having a great time i'm making the best love <laughs> so um oh, let's see Sean Franson writes, uh, "Free uh, favorite free casual game if you have one." I, I still play uh, Plants vs Zombies too from time to time. Yeah. Um, I like uh, Super Stickman Golf. Oh yeah, I didn't know that was free. That is a good game. Yeah, the second one's free. Okay. Um, I ended up you you can pay them. You can get, like you can buy the currency that lets you do the little uh, chance machine to get more uh, characters and perks and stuff like that. But uh, the actual base model is free, and I would encourage people to give them money because that's a, that's a fantastic game. Man, have you ever played a Smash Hit on iOS? No, I have not. That's really fun, and that's free. Um, you pay if you want, like you really do want to pay for it because you get the ability to continue. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really, really, really fun take on an endless runner um, where you move forward and you flick to toss. You move forward at a at a steady pace. You don't control it, and you flick to toss pinballs through glass panes. And just think about how satisfying that sounds is like we've talked about this. Like it's really good. There was uh, there was one there was a game that was like a, a like a pong kind of thing, right? Or a breakout that had the similar pinball on glass. I don't know about that. I don't know what that is. This is different than that. This doesn't have anything. This isn't breakout or pong at all. It's okay. definitely an endless endless runner. Yeah. There's there there's another one that you that you've recommended to me that was very similar to that, but I, I can't like, I like breaking glass. Like it is a, <laughs> a good sound. <laughs> yeah i enjoy breaking a bottle yeah. yeah you don't get to do it very often no no when i was in college we would break them on the porch um yeah. until we realized that we 
would want to walk out onto the, I guess a de- it's like more like a deck or kind of thing. We'd want to walk out there in the morning. Um, and we yeah. did it barefoot once. Oh yeah. Anyway, you have to clean it up anyway. Yeah. So we decided to start breaking them into trash cans. Yeah. Which is, which is safer, but like has <laughs> lose some of the impact. Well, you uh, like when you, when you break them into a trash can, you're, you're like, you don't do the like, like smashing them together. You just take it and you like, yeah. like fuck it straight down into the bottom. That's what I assumed you were doing on your porch. Yeah. Yeah. No, we would take him and like hit him against the hit him against the posts and stuff. Gotcha. Who's post? Yeah. I was kidding. What? I said who is post? I'm just kidding. <laughs> post isn't here anymore. And the post Merkel, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the post. Um, let's see. Uh, Braden asks, which Pokemon is cutest, Flareon or Pumpkaboo? Uh, Flareon. Yeah, Flareon. Come on, man. Pumpkaboo is like Pumpkaboo's scary. Oh no, Pumpkaboo's really cute. I was thinking of the one that turns into. Oh, you mean uh, you mean Gorgie Gorgeist? Yeah, I was thinking of Gorgeist, which I think mm-hmm. Pumpkaboo turns into. But Pumpkaboo is still cute. Pumpkaboo's cute. I don't like the 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 whole thing. So, so uh, <laughs> we're gonna take this and we're going to segue into Murph's question. Pumpkaboo evolves into Gorgeist. Um, sorry, Gorgeist are malevolent, take delight in their victim's suffering. Uh, they are known to wander through town streets singing, uh, uh, singing that curses their listeners. If you were forced to evolve into an evil ghost, how would you feel? Did they um, both just so, ask that question without? No, no. I, th- I think that um, people are using using the the the, the Q and A form as kind of a chat. Okay. There's an awful lot of playing off of it, which is which is which is fun. But I also have to like check and make sure that I'm getting all of the related ones. Um, I like Flareon's very cute. I've always uh, liked the EV derivatives aside from uh, the water one. I don't like Vaporeon a lot. Yeah, Vaporeon. Yeah, because it has like it has uh, fins and, and scales and stuff. Like it would be the least fun one to pet. He doesn't look huggable, right? Yeah. Like, you know, even Jolteon is a little bit pokey. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Flareon, like you could, I could see cuddling up with him in winter. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like a hot hands. Yep. <laughs> like you just put a pocket flare on and each, each yep, pocket of your coat. Yeah, if you have some neck pain, you just drape them over you like a fox, yeah. like like a fox, like a therapeutic fox. Yeah, um, yeah, Umbreon is pretty scary too. Yeah, that's a darkness one. That was yeah. like gold silver era. Yeah, and then the the uh, the psychic one has two tails and a power gem in the middle of its forehead. Asparian. Yeah, which is kind of scary. But I'm gonna go Flareon, Eevee, and uh, the Leaf one are probably mm. the cutest ones. Yeah. The presence of ghost type Pokemon, I, I'm sure this is this is something that's been, you know, tried over in a, in, in a bunch of hacky internet video game comedy. But the but the presence of ghost Pokemon actually really unsettles me. Yeah. It's 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 like if there were just angels running around. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I'm just be surprised there isn't, isn't an angel Pokemon given that there's one for everything. Yeah. Uh, like Helio or something like that. The um yeah, and also they they have scary descriptions too. Like they're all monsters. Like Gorgeist is a monster, super spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that one uh, that's a doll. You know what I'm talking about? There's one that's like, and its story is like, this Pokemon was abandoned by its owner and seeks has turned animate, or this doll was abandoned by its owner and turned into a Pokemon to seek revenge or something like that. Like, is its story? <laughs> and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Like, things just got real. Um, and there's the, those, uh, I think it's, it's the Litwicks, those things, that, or no, though, the balloon things that like steal children. They're like ghosts that look like balloons. And the idea is that they trick kids into grabbing the balloon and then they lead them out into the forest to die. Like fucking Pennywise the clown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There's those things. I mean, like YouTube is like thirty percent top thirty creepiest Pokemon list. I bet. Yeah. Um, but like it is, it is something that is an internet cliche, but it's actually true too. Mm-hmm. Like, it is pretty amazing that these things are are like that. Yeah, these are these are kids things. And again, I'm sure the other the other seventy percent of YouTube is made up of people who are like <laughs> Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're making fun of the Ghostbusters. It's a it's a proton it's a proton pack. My Pokeball is a pro a, a proton pack. There, there's a hundred percent of YouTube for you. <laughs> <laughs> you just go there, and it's like you know if you go to a pornography site, sometimes it'll say like I am male or female, and you'll click which option. If you go to YouTube, it's just like you know Ghostbusters jokes about Ghost Pokemon. The top thirty <laughs> list of Ghost Pokemon. You just click which one you want, and that leads you to separate yeah. YouTube's. It's just just two buttons. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, there, there's there's no search capability. It's just a constant live stream. Yeah, it unites the nation. <laughs> and and you can just you just have them all open in different windows, and the the top three list just is a cacophonous screeching of like preteen people from Bulgaria or whatever the fuck <laughs> your your miniature PDPs are. <laughs> PewDiePie uh, sounds like a Pokemon. PewDiePie. Yeah, PewDiePie. Like yeah, it'd be like yeah. a, a, you know, secret slice evolves into PewDiePie or something like that. Like I'm trying to think of some kind of pie-based Pokemon. <laughs> secret slice sounds like a letter person. <laughs> no, the S letter person was Super Socks. He was my yeah, favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Secret slice was was the hidden. There's a dark letter. <laughs> there, there's a, there's an anti-alphabet. If you spell out the name of God in reverse in the anti-alphabet. I just I'm picturing the Russian version of the letter people, the Cyrillic letter people. Yeah. <laughs> the backwards R comes to kill. <laughs> Regular R and take his place. But it, it's like um, Muppets Most Wanted. Oh yeah. Yes, I am your R. <laughs> is that a, is that movie any good? It's great. It's oh. really funny. It's surprisingly very funny. I was I was got shit on for some reason. Yeah. What's that? I said it got really shit on. But it was, it was, I remember like it was when I saw it, it was like the most I laughed in like a couple of weeks. Like it was very funny. I, w- I was wary of it because, because Jason Siegel wasn't involved anymore. Mm-hmm. And his enthusiasm w- w- really was what made the first one like really resonate for me, I guess. It, but you can tell. What's that it called? has less heart. It's funnier. Okay. Like it, but it's, it's, it's legitimately funny. Not like this is funny for a children's movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's legitimately very funny and it doesn't hit like, it's not like the hat trick of like Lego movie where it's got heart and is funny. Yeah. It's, it has a little bit of heart, but it's mostly just very funny. And the song is really good. Okay. Are the Concords still involved? I think so. I think, cause I think it was Brett and I think he still did the songs for this one. Okay. Um, yeah. Or no, uh, no, uh, yeah. Brett Jermaine's in it. Um, hmm. and has a, as a role and uh, does stuff, but I think it's still the Concords doing the music. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to give it a chance. I kind of, I kind of just dismissed it. Yeah, and pretty much every time, like the false Kermit, like says something in a Russian accent about being Kermit the Frog, it is very funny to me. Like just like, yes, it is time to start show, and then <laughs> like walks away, and everyone just goes, kind of looks at each other. Every <laughs> time, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit like that, except okay. everybody's aware of it. Okay. Huh. Let's see. This is one that we'll be excited about. Gregory Pollander writes, um, have you seen the Fallout 4 trailer? And if so, what's, a re- what's your reaction on it? I'm a huge Fallout fan and having it take place in my backyard of Boston is as exciting as I know the city quite well. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll put hundreds of hours into it. Like, I'm very excited about it. 
Um, I wish that it, I think it looks a lot like Fallout 3, which mm-hmm. is kind of a bummer. Like I would like to see them evolve. And for somebody who's not from Boston, I also feel a little bit like I would like to get away from the East Coast. Yeah. Um, I know Boston is different than Washington, um, but it's still going to have that colonial stuff. You know, you're going to have uh, uh, your, your Liberty Bells as opposed to your, uh, that's not in Boston. It's Philadelphia. Philadelphia. But I mean, it's going to be, it's still going to be like that New England stuff. Whereas I would love to see them do like Chicago or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people online are like, why don't they do Europe or something like that? And that seems a little bit crazy to me because part of Fallout is about a very specific American vision of the future. Yeah. Like you can't do a Fallout game and find, like you'll, we'll never know what happened in, in Europe through gameplay because mm-hmm. Fallout is about the retro 50s futurism of America in the 50s. Mm-hmm. It is a really distinct, it's as American a game as Earthbound. Like it's a very American based game. But I, there are a lot of other parts of America. You know, I'd love to see them hit on, touch on. Yeah, I'd like to see them do like Point Lookout made me really hungry for them to do the South. Actually. Yeah, I love that shit. Like just degenerate. Like, <laughs> you know, just like the swamp people. I mean, just like do straight up New Orleans, honestly. Like, oh, that that, like that's, awesome. that's what I would love to see. Flooded, um, like like in the in the post-nuclear winter, like largely flooded. Mm-hmm. You know, just like portions of it are underwater and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even just like just you know, not just making, new, you know, New Orleans itself, but like the surrounding area and stuff too. Yeah. They always do that. Like they always have like a couple players nearby. Yeah. Like I was, that's one of the things I was really happy about with, uh, with new Vegas is just that like, Oh, this is, this feels very different mm-hmm. um, than, than Fallout three did. Yeah. So. I, well, the thing I worry about with Boston is I don't know how much like, I've never been there. So for, for, forgive me. Um, but I'm not sure how much like wilderness there is nearby. Like I liked three because I had a balance of, okay, here's downtown, but also, you know, and like the waterfront and stuff. But also if you went to the Northwest, it was, it was all pretty much like blasted flatlands and like, you know, s- suburbs and things like that. Yeah. That, that exists in Boston. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. sounds like they're going to voice the main character. I don't know if that was just something they did for effect at the end of it. Um, yeah. But people seem to be jumping to the uh, conclusion that the main character is going to be voiced. Yeah, I, I've gone, like, I've heard both people say that it is just for the trailer and just voice. And I hope that it's not. It would be such a weird departure, though. Like, I'm leaning towards, I don't think that they will. Yeah. Um, it, that would be so, that would be such a departure. Like, think about everything you'd have to throw out that's, like, quintessentially Fallout if you did that. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you, you would just, it would be really, really hard to do the kind of like the way they treat the endings. And then you'd have a character who would have like, uh, like the way you'd have to do it would be like mass effect, like where your moral decisions would be funneled into three, like, yeah. troughs, you know, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to being able to be like emergent and make it up in your head. Yeah. Or like specific builds, you know, like I, I enjoy like something I really like about new Vegas is that they lean in on, you can use a strength check to pass this particular thing. And just the way that blows out the possibility tree on any kind of interaction. um, I cannot imagine supporting that with a voice. Yeah. And they won't, I don't think they'll dial that back because that was so, you know, and then uh, like the low intelligence, like the Mm. way that, you know, that's a, like a fall tradition and they need to keep that in there for some, some options at the very least, like, and as much as it would be fun to hear like somebody voice that stuff, like it would just be a lot. I just can't see them doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, they they may surprise us though, because like I'm amazed when I play Dragon Age Inquisition, at least when I, you know, the, the, the two hours or so that I played of it, the, uh, the character creation, the fact that each individual race and uh, gender has uh, multiple different uh, voices you can assign to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they put a lot of voice into it, but there's not, it's not down to individual like checks and the like, yeah. like, like I, and also Dragon Age Inquisition, like I'm probably 15 hours into that or so. Mm-hmm. And like, it has, doesn't have as many situations that have the kind of complexity that fallout situations do yeah. where it'd be hard to swear with a voice like in fall like oh i can do this mission for this guy and do the good path and then just decide to kill him in the mm-hmm. end and then in my mind i can just be like oh the, i'm playing this character who's like a quiet psychopath yeah. and there'd be no voice option to support that like it would clang with with the voice when i agreed to do it you know yeah. I'm like a nice guy um, it's, a, it's a decision you have to make at the start right yeah exactly it would be it would, it would funnel you yeah, um, and Dragon Age is really kind of a simple game in that respect. Like the moral choices that you're making in Dragon Age really are the Bioware classic style. Yeah. You know, here's the point where you're making a decision. You know, and and Fallout is more emergent and like you keep more of it in your head. I think. Yeah. That. What do you think of the character design? You know, in there. Yeah, yeah I mean, it looks looks good. Like I like the way the people look. Um, yeah, I mean the trailer. Like I'm still I'm curious to see more footage. I want to see more in game stuff. Me too. Because the footage for the trailer also like tons of stuff that was pre-apocalypse, and a lot of people are like, "What if you spend time?" And I was like, "What do you like?" The, you know, only one person can go back in time and stop the nuclear war that predicates <laughs> the entire series. Like, no, follow to the like it that's gets away from the core of what it's about. Like, you don't want to spend time before the apocalypse. Like, yes, it would be different, but that's that's a different game. Like, mm-hmm. Fallout is about post-apocalypse that's based on the retro '50s future. Yeah. You know, and that's what the game is about. Like you have to, that's really core. So a lot of the stuff, I guess that's a long way of saying like a lot of the stuff they showed in the trailer seems superfluous or like aside the theme, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just kind of made to like look pretty and get people hyped. And a yeah. lot of that hype was supposed to be for the location, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that like people were able to triangulate exactly where Vault 111 is. Yeah. Yeah. By, <laughs> by looking at the landmarks around it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, just if, if, if there's any fan base that's going to do that, it's it's Fallout. Yep, yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, I'm that that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to, that and the Dishonored 2 announcement. Oh, yeah. I think, like, this is probably the most excited I've been about an E3 in a couple of years. What uh, What do you want to see? What tack do you want to see them take with the Dishonored 2? You know, I don't. I don't really know. I think I'm along for the ride, and I only say that because I haven't played the DLC yet, where you play as uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character. Um, yeah, that's who voiced him, right? Mike Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Okay. I couldn't tell if you were just being flip. <laughs> no, I was not being flip. play as uh, as Dowd. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. Like I like Dunwall enough that I'd like to see different parts of it, but it's weird the way that the first one ends. I don't know like where they can go like narratively with it. So everything is kind of going to be a surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of think that you'd have to um, like, cause the, the, the story of the main character in, in that game, I think is pretty much is done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really want to see it continued, but you have in that universe, you have the, um, the outsider yeah. as like this awesome force of like, I find people in shitty situations and give them access to superpowers to get revenge. Like mm-hmm. I would love just another kind of like novella set in that universe with that setup. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't need to see the Empress. I don't need to see doubt. I don't need to see any of that stuff. Just like somebody else who's in a, in a tough situation where they could be tempted to use power and then reinforce that. Like, Hey, you know, you're the player do shitty things. Cause we're making it really fun for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's the Faustian bargain that like the character and the player is making. Yeah. 
Um, that's I would love to see that, and I would like to see a little bit more of that world. Even though I do love, I love Dunwall. It's just like done. It almost had to be a prequel because Dunwall is, you know, done. Kind of, kind of fucked. Yeah. 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 Done. Done. Dunwall done. <laughs> yeah. Well, they allude to like different places. Like he's coming back from a different kingdom at the beginning of it, right? Um. Yes. Yeah. He's going to go get the help with the plague. Hmm. So there are definitely other other parts of the world that probably mirror like you know other parts of the world during that Victorian you know, kind of a time. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think about where they could go with it. Like, you know, from a gameplay sense, like they can probably do more with like the way you visualize the world and the way you kind of visualize stealth. But it seems like in terms of like what you actually do in terms of the blinking and things like that, they, they really made it feel satisfying at the front. I can't think of too many problems they could address aside from maybe like, oh, how about this? How about if they made like a nemesis system, uh, mm. like from, um, what, what, what you call it? That Middle Earth? Shadow of Mordor. Um, Shadow of Mordor, yeah. If they, like, I, I wonder what they could do if they brought that in, actually. Yeah. Like, you, like I think there'll probably be some kind of twist. Like, even, but I'm also willing to accept that if they don't, it's okay. Yeah. Like, that game don't. and the DLC were short enough to where, like, I still, and it was one of my favorite things, so I still want, want more. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, but that would be neat. Like, if they add that kind of, it'll probably have, they'll keep in the, the blink power and they'll, update it to be like it is in the dlc where you can you know change you know jump and change direction and blink Mm -hmm. like the or the do the double blink thing that you can do in the dlc to get around to better places but like just more cool powers and shit i would be okay with um and then like some kind of nemesis system or some kind of added system like that i think would be cool too um as long as it kind of controls the same way and i want to have the same kind of like freedom of movement yeah yeah like I wouldn't mind to turn into literally like Arkham or Shadow of Mordor where I'm kind of like tied to my environment. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to like get up next to something and stick to it for cover. Yeah. You know, like that's like, that's one of the things that like, when I like, I like the Arkham games, but they do play kind of stiff in a way. Mm-hmm. Like they are really precise and stiff in a way that like feels very different than Dishonored where you just kind of have this weird absolute freedom that like actually reminds me of like old FPSs. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you don't actually get that all that often in games anymore. And I want to keep that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited about it. I think that dark souls three and uh fallout four are going to make this kind of what I'm more willing to pay attention to this year. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah. Shovel Knight DLC for too it's long. Up. Shovel Knight DLC before too long. Oh yeah. Where you get to play through the whole game as plague Knight with different bosses. And already out. Mm, no, if it is, I need to, I've got something to do tonight. <laughs> Um, I didn't think so though. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We have a couple more questions here. Um, Dave M asks, have you guys played kid chameleon yet? Um, I played kid chameleon before, like when I fucked around with ROMs, but I don't remember very much about it. Is that the one where he's always wearing a hat? Yeah. Yeah. That's where you kind of absorb your enemies a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember very much about it, but I have played it. Yeah. For being the Genesis trash monster. Um, or trash child, sorry, not trash monster, um, of the of the pair. I did not play that when I was young, so I don't have an awful lot of um, fondness or recollection for it. It's one that people have talked about in the past. Like I think during one episode um, previously, we were kind of talking around it. We were vaguely describing it without knowing the name, and a bunch of people chimed in saying, "Hey, oh, yeah. this is what you were talking about," and also you should play it because it's good. I've read both things. I've read that it's good and it's like really ambitious and neat, and then also that like it's kind of, it's got some, some old game bullshit yeah. going on as well. I'm sure both are kind of true. Yeah. I mean, 
So hypothetically, like for the show, right? Like if we assume that this is where Dave M has kind of taken us playing demons crest actually like made me think of not, not, not like similar games on the Genesis, because I don't really think there's anything that's similar to it, but mm-hmm. um, kind of platformers of a, sim, you know, of, of, of a kind of that, like, or of a similar scope that I played on the Genesis. And I like two possibilities came to mind if we were looking for something simple like that in the future. Have you played either um, Rye star or um, oh gosh, dynamite heady? Um, I played Rye star before. Yeah. Um, I like race Rye star. I remember it being, a little collecty, like isn't it? Like there are lots of like coins and little assets and stuff to get. Or am I thinking of the wrong game? Okay, I might be I thinking that's there, but it's it's Mario kind of stuff where you're just getting um you're getting it to like get lives. Okay, it's kind of showing you lines that you need to take. It's by the Sonic team. Yeah, it's 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 because uh, I played that. It was on the PlayStation Two Genesis collection, mm-hmm. so I have played that before and I remember liking it. Some of some of my favorite music on the Genesis actually. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, Dynamite Heady? That's uh, that's made by I think Treasure. Yeah, that's Treasure. Um, I have not played Dynamite Heady. Yeah. Someday that's... I think we should do a Treasure game, um, just because they are really neat. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean the obvious one would be Gunstar Heroes. But yeah, we've always had that one in our back pocket for several yeah. years now. Yeah. Um, kind of akin to that, we've got Sean um, writing in to ask, uh, "What's your process for determining games for WAF? Is there a method, or do you just choose games that you want to play or replay?" Um, so we have a big list of suggestions and things that we've come up with yeah. that we categorize. And then we kind of just strategically choose based on like impact, like how long it's going to take and how taxing it will be. Mm-hmm. And then making sure we're not doing things that are too similar next to each other. Yeah. Too long. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah, that's that that's that sounds right. Um really it's just a matter of looking at like I think there's like that last part rings true. Like, you know. LA Noir comes up because because that one sounds like it's going to be good for a you know like good for a discussion and it's also something that I know that I've wanted to replay for a while um mm-hmm. so that kind of like influences a little bit of our a little bit of like what we bring to the table usually it's something that we both have played um can you think of any game that we've done that neither of us had played before we before we brought into it oh tons of them the cuz we did um yeah like we did uh, Star Control 2 uh, oh yeah we did uh Mass of Orion 2 we did Sacrifice. We did <laughs> sacrifice. I thought you played Sacrifice before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess I did. I did play a couple levels of it. We've done. We've definitely done things where we come in fresh. Yeah. Based on reputation, what's true is that we don't do that as often now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the second part of the question, where it's like, do you just choose stuff you want to play? Like that is, has become more true. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I worry about that, like whether that gets boring when we just kind of like, like if it just leads to us being. Uh, positive in a way that gets boring mm-hmm. or if it just ends up being uh, more self-serving than that. So I like the idea of doing more like just kind of, Oh, this is a weirdo thing. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never played it. Let's give it a shot. Um, but it just, you know, it's hard to want to do that while you're balancing other life stuff. I think. Yeah. You know, well, you don't want to like, you don't want to commit yourself to, to, to playing 15 hours of something sight unseen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not going to be, you know, or even if even if it ends up being good and it ends up being like twenty five hours or thirty hours or something, mm-hmm. sight unseen. You know, yeah. um, so I mean, I think we will probably will do more things like that in the future that are like weirdo, off things that like we don't we neither of us have played, but for the most part, I think one of us has played this stuff, played the games that we do, yeah. and can can recommend it or at least say like, hey, this is interesting to talk about, mm-hmm. and not like pulling teeth. Yeah. I think that like, that's, that's pretty valuable too. Like, especially if one of us has played it and the other one hasn't like we have, uh, you know, we have this visual novel poll coming up 
and I've played all four of them and can kind of help you out just like you helped yeah. me out with some of the stuff. Like it's, it, it's definitely, it's good, especially as we get more popular and more, more scrutiny comes towards us for saying wrong ass shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's good if one of us comes in and is able to act as kind of a guide through it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I played three of those games that are okay. on the visual novel thing. Just not, uh, not as, as deeply as you have, I guess. Yeah. Which one hadn't you played? Um, Hotel Dusk. Okay. Yeah, I never played Hotel Dusk. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So I mean, that's that's mainly the thing, and then mostly it is a huge deal to make things like, and and I'm you could if you pay. I don't blame anybody for not paying attention to this, but if you took a look at our patterns, like you'll notice, like heavy games always have a light game before them. Mm-hmm. You know, Demon's Crest, which takes you know four and a half hours. Like I beat it and didn't use save states until the end, mm-hmm. um, and beat it in about five hours with deaths um, is right before LA Noir, which is a 25 to 30 hour game. Right. Um, that doesn't really bear splitting into two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're going to see that kind of thing. And then the visual novel thing, which those games aren't really long, but at least with nine, 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 you had to beat it multiple times. Yeah. Um, the uh, right before that, we're putting Spider-Man, which isn't the shortest game in the world, but is also super breezy. So like, that's a, that's an issue of like tone being lighter. Mm-hmm. and quicker than the actual game. So we try to contrast those things um, partly because we want to make a break for ourselves and then also so we can uh, kind of double up. Like I'm already playing L.A. Noir, even though I, I beat Demon and I beat Demon Trust really early even though we haven't recorded the episode yeah. so I could get ahead on L.A. Noir and not have to play it on a deadline and and rush myself through it and maybe have that impact my my opinion. Yeah, and we've gotten better about that too. Um, yeah better about not not rushing to the end of it because i always feel guilty when that colors my perception yeah yeah and you can hear it like there are episodes where you can definitely hear that's what happened yeah you know and and very rarely like i will choose to give up on something instead of doing that mm-hmm. but that is a weird you know that is a part like when i've tried to explain that to elizabeth um that like i don't you know i try to finish it she's always just like well if you're there to criticize it and you get bored and stop playing it like that's a really valid point for criticism like why do you do that and it's kind of a good point, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it does, like if I get, literally can't do something anymore, like why do I push past it if I'm not enjoying it? But I still feel the need to be able to like talk about the stuff all the way through. Yeah. So I can kind of see both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's only like three or four games I haven't finished for the show. Yeah, I can count um, on one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing we do is we, we, we have a couple of like tentpole genres that we, you know, generally do about the same time every year. Um, and this has become more apparent with the polls that we do. Um, oftentimes mm-hmm. the polls are around um, something that we really, so some kind of genre that we, that we really like to play. But even before those, we would have um, a place for those to kind of fit. Yeah. Um, except for, for, except for this year, well, this yeah. year wacky polls wacky. or this summer moving on wacky polls and we're choosing the the standards. Yeah. We choose the horror game in October. Yes, you guys choose the the first person shooter or whatever. Yeah, we choose <laughs> the, the, the whole thing for that. <laughs> and well, that that'd be interesting. I think. Yeah, um, I was like the shooter thing. I was thinking about it, and I almost want to. I mean, we don't do enough polls for this, but I was thinking about. It almost makes sense to break that down into like a modern and uh, like we could stand to do one of the more advanced two point five D like shooters because it's such a huge genre. Yeah, like, and those games are pretty interesting. Like you play something like Rise of the Triad or or Duke Three D or something like that. Yeah, yeah or Doom Two or like any like those games are interesting. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they're definitely different things. Like yeah, post Half Life, pre Half Life. Yeah, what would yeah. be the, what would um, be the 
because I mean, because we've done Half Life, and then the other hand, you'd put something like you know, you'd put your fears and and Halo and and the like. Mm-hmm. So, man, doing Halo would be a death march. I really don't yeah. want to do Halo for the show. Now, I never War. Yeah. I love the Gears of War. Yeah, we throw that in there instead of uh, you know, Gears of War Fear. <laughs> um, you know, modern shooting games. I mean, we've done a modern shooter game recently, but I'm just saying like a 2.5D shooter and a modern shooter game shouldn't be in the same pool necessarily. They're so different. I wonder like, like, so let's just throw throw something in there like that I've wanted to play, haven't played, but would like to play. Would like Clive Barker's Undying fit into the the two? Like that would be one that would definitely go on there, I think. I'm interested in that game, but I almost think that would fit when like, I mean, we don't do enough polls for this, but like almost a third shooter category with like Stalker and... um, (laughs) you know, maybe like Metro or something like, like weird, like, like more, not RPG, but like more RPG elements and stuff, because I'm yeah. pretty sure Undying has, if not RPG elements has more to it than that. Like items that are weird. It's a more exploration based. I don't know that to be true. I just know that by reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah. I don't know. Um, I need to wrap this up relatively soon because I have, um, I'm recording those damn Ross kids. Oh, sure. Um, so let's see here. We've got one from Dave M saying, I just started wearing glasses and when choosing my first frames, I was totally overwhelmed. How did you guys pick your frames? Is it purely a cosmetic choice? Uh, mine's purely a cosmetic choice. Mm-hmm. And I just went with the ones that insurance provided me. So I just chose ones I liked mm-hmm. that were available for free for insurance. I gotcha. Yeah, I did. A, um, this is not a paid ad, but it's a popular um, online <laughs> glasses provider that you've heard about on podcasts um and i did like their try-ons i did a couple of rounds and this is a cosmetic choice like i've got the like the brown fade at the bottom uh if you're watching the videos you can kind of see how it turns like tan uh i like that because it matches my coloration a little bit um but uh, mostly i've got a gigantic head um and a pretty big face and these are the biggest frames that they have so without wanting to get something that's like way too tiny that'll look tinier on my noggin um that is a similar practicality and also like it's it's a practical concern too because of you know everything stops like right here halfway and cuts into your field of view that's bad as well so yeah so choose something that fits your head yeah for sure um yeah so i would say don't entirely trust yourself um when you're when you're going to like look at those bring somebody who can like look at it for you even if you're just texting pictures to somebody uh, somebody whose opinion you trust but also don't entirely trust them if you're like in love with a set of frames then just go for it yeah, and don't uh, don't sweat it if you are. Yeah, like I this is this is gonna sound like an exaggeration. It's not. I don't think anyone doesn't look better with glasses. Right. I think literally every single human being on Earth looks better with glasses. <laughs> I can't think of anybody who would, who looks worse with them. Like I just think it's like it breaks up the face. Yeah. In a way that's like really appealing mm-hmm. to me. Um, yeah. Like yeah. this is an elementary school. <laughs> exactly. all, what's yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I just say exactly. Yeah, we're like, we're all looking at screens, you know, 20 hours a day. Our eyes are turning into shit. We're going to be a generation of blind people. So like, this is the way that it goes. So like, don't sweat it. And like, there is some anxiety. Like I get anxious about it because, you know, when I'm going to get new glasses, I'm going to get this exact same set, you know, because you're going like, it's picking out a new pair is like trying out a new face a little bit. But, you know, again, don't sweat it. Like going from no glasses to sunglasses, nobody cares. It's going to be cool. And you're probably going to look better. Yeah. And also like, even, even that, if you had to pick out new, new pairs, like you'll get over that anxiety. I'm not trying to minimize your anxiety about it, but like, oh, yeah. Yeah. we, it is like, you do look different, but you eventually just get 
Yeah. You also get used to how it feels and get used to just putting them on and stuff. Like all that stuff that will feel like a chore initially. Yeah. Becomes like like second like a second skin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've got don't a final question. Oh, go ahead. What? So don't get glasses made of skin. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Like, don't. Yeah. We we Whatever would discourage that. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get them just to implant the lenses, like into oh. your cheekbone and under your eyebrow, so that right. your 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 actual flesh is the frame, and you look like Jensen. Yeah. Like, don't be a Jensen. Yeah. Don't be a Jensen. Jensen, like Richard. <laughs> oh, I, it sounded like somebody was rustling my window, but that was just the rain. <laughs> it was Richard. <laughs> I still haven't played that game. I've played it, oh, but I man. haven't like beaten it. Oh, you should. Like, that's, I know, that's, right? Are you playing the director's cut? I've got the director's cut. Are you playing? But you're playing the original version? No, no, I, I haven't played any of it. Oh, okay. I thought you said you started it, but you haven't finished it. No, no, I've like I've I've started it. I started the regular version on like a console, and then I picked it up when it was on sale for like seven bucks. Good on the, yeah, uh, the director's cut. cut is so much better. It's a really good game. You'll really like it. I know. Like I love the style. Like looking at it, it's uh, it's beautiful. I like I like how it handled stealth when I played it. But it it is one of the best. It's like up there with with. It's not, I mean not quite as good, but it's up there with like remake as far as like the best revisions of a game mm-hmm. like scholar and 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 remake and uh the director's guide just adds a lot and fixes a lot of things nice so it's very good mm-hmm. we've got one final question and we can do the quick version of it because we've answered it before um go back and listen to previous stuff feed lives um on the stream um to get the answer but greg pollander says really been enjoying your podcast and i haven't heard this come up yet so i'd love to hear how you two met and became friends and how the idea of doing podcasts together started yeah. Um, so that is, and you can also hear that in the uh, Watch Out for Interactions yes. um, 50th episode. No, that like, wasn't 50th episode. It was like between 50 and 51. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, so that was a couple of years ago. But yeah, the, um, and, and it's like, a, we'll, we'll answer. I don't want to say like, hey, just go back and listen to like six mm-hmm. hours of stuff yeah. to find the answer for um, <laughs> through something awful uh, message board through a podcast workshop thread. Um, and just kind of became uh, mutual admirers of each other's work. And uh, Cole had done some video game podcasts, and I was doing non-video game podcasts and wanted a chance to talk about video games. And when I listened to the level, or the previous version of the level, Cole would uh, bring up RPGs and no one knew what he was talking about. Uh, those other guys on the show, like, not necessarily RPGs, but like he, I remember specifically like Breath of Fire, like you were playing a Breath of Fire game, and uh, nobody really could talk to you about it. So we had this idea of doing a retro game show. Yeah. And then it was more popular than anything either of us had ever done <laughs> um, by like an order of magnitude many times over. Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, it just kind of expanded from there. Yeah. So we started with that one show. It was based on a tweet. I still have that tweet. It's like a, a direct message. Hey, want to do a half hour show? Our yeah. first episode was 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And it's only, <laughs> it only gone up. And then uh second show was Bonfireside Chat. That, or yeah, that came before Abduct Suffering. Yeah, um, they were the same. Like we had a fit of activity in 2013. Um, yeah. Both uh, Jan- January of 2013 was Bonfireside Chat and Abject Suffering, and both of those kind of sprung from a desire to talk about different stuff. Um, we mm-hmm. were talking a lot about uh, Dark Souls on our other shows. Wanted yeah. a home for that. Yep. And then Abject Suffering because we did um, through uh, an anniversary special or something like that. We did like a we gave each other bad games to play mm-hmm. thing. Um, so we, we talked about, and that kind of sprang from that. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, just mutual admirers of, of each other's work. Something awful has been a tremendous force for good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it kind of like stemmed from there. 
Yeah. Even though like there are some dark corners of something awful, like stay on the gaming podcast thread. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, be careful in other places. Yes. So. Be mindful. Be mindful yes. of where you're going. It's still an internet forum. Yeah. Even if it is a good internet forum. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's it for all the questions. Thank you everybody for uh, responding. Um, I, I was I was a little bit worried um, at the start uh, just because there weren't very many, but you guys came out in force and it was very um, um, good. So thank you. Yeah. And and uh, the next time this comes up, it'll be um, with some more notice and and maybe at a time that uh, more people are able to make it and stuff and mm -hmm. appreciate your patience and putting yes. this off. I take responsibility for that yeah. because of uh, skin and knees and spelling bees. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder what like a, a college level spelling bee would look like. <laughs> Just like digging an ice cream cone in both hands and skating down the quad with my best girl. <laughs> college life. So. <laughs> so somebody actually pronounces a G at the end of the, at the end of a word. Like, oh, we're just hanging, and then our quad lights up. Yep. Goddamn queen descends from her throne of bones. I forgot to write that down as a title. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I'm going to end the, uh, end the show. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody.